1: Hello hello and welcome to The Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by insidethepenguins.com. I'm your host Nick Burleski joined as always by Nick Horwat here on this Monday morning the week Of the opening of NHL free agency. And these are the two weeks in the summer, Horwat, that really get interesting because last week we saw things start to pick up with the NHL draft. We saw all of the NHL GMs in one room up there in Montreal in the Bell Center, and deals were going on. Deals were flying, and contracts were being signed as three of the top free agents on the docket this summer were signed to their previous teams. Philip Forsberg of Nashville. Mark andre Fleury went back to Minnesota, and Chris Letang signed with the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to talk about the Letang thing. Were you disappointed at all that Fleury was signed with Minnesota and he won't be coming back to the city of Pittsburgh? <laughs>
0: no, I, I wasn't disappointed <laughs> at all. I more or less was just kind of in shock and awe of how much Fleury took over the news that day because mm-hmm. there was the initial Kevin Weeks tweet. Two minutes later, there was the follow-up tweet. Uh, I forget who it was at first.
1: Pierre uh, Lebrun.
0: Pierre Lebrun at first said, no, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Kevin and, Weeks deletes his tweet. And then about three hours later, not or maybe a little later in the day, uh, all of a sudden, the Kevin Weeks part two tweet happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and the deal was done and made. And, you know, sometimes people get things wrong. Uh, but, man, that was a fun day for Marc-Andre Fleury. Somehow he – Contract deals with him are just always big news. I mean, his mm-hmm. trade out of Vegas, he didn't know about. Yeah. Now this one, I'm. Sh- I mean, what's his name? Uh, Michael Russo was with him mm-hmm. when that deal happened. Michael was like, "Yeah, no, that didn't happen. I've I've been with him this entire time." <laughs> and it just anytime flurry news happens, you know, there's something else wild happening.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. No pun intended. <laughs> And the funny thing is, too, the reason that I think it was Darren Drager, now that I think about it, Darren Drager knew that it was not actually a done deal. Was He said, Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to sign a one-year deal. That is something that we all know uh, or we've we've all been told. And I'm sure Fleury sat there when he saw that tweet and goes, Alan, I did not sign a one-year deal, did I? Talking, of course, of Alan Wash, but nevertheless, ended up signing a two-year deal with the Minnesota Wild. But let's talk about Chris Letang, because he signed a six-year contract worth $6.1 million per season on the AAV. He does have a no-movement clause for the first four seasons, and then in the back two seasons of the contract, it turns into a 10-team no-trade list, a.k.a a modified no-trade clause per capfriendly.com. what initial reactions on the Latang signing?
0: My initial reaction was six years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what we're doing. Um, because the whole talk this entire time was, okay, Latang and Malkiner get the three years, line them up with Sid, and then mm-hmm. figure it out then. And then we discussed last week how that just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. Letang's been wanting four to five. Malkin's been getting offered just as little as two. Mm-hmm. To him saying he would take four. The number three has not come up anywhere in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, uh, and that I I think we were all okay with three. We're okay with three years because he's thirty five. Puts on some hard miles. The the decline is coming. We don't know when or how, uh, but we know the decline is coming. Three years sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good Mm -hmm. term. Sounds like a good idea. Line it up with Crosby. And then maybe in three years, we really figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of came around to the idea of five. Said, you know what? Pushing it till he's 40. uh, We've seen him play 30 minutes a night for how many years now? He can do that for a couple more. And then, like I again offered last week, bump down the lineup a little bit. Still be a productive player, just in the right role. And then they went six. (laughs) And I didn't know what to think of that because – That number never came up anywhere. I appreciate that we were able to get him at $6.1 million. Yeah. Um, But I do genuinely think we, depending on his play, I bet that modified no trade gets utilized. Because those last two, don't get me wrong, I mean, we don't know what Crosby's going to be doing. He wants to play six more years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely, you can do that, no problem. (laughs) But something about Chris Letang playing until he's, 41 here it's what he's always wanted to do he said that it's what uh, he had in mind for his career i can see that i can bet i can let him have the benefit of the doubt there um he's made he's made it through some heinous stuff too some heinous injuries some heinous health issues so you know the fact that he's 35 the fact that he's 35 and still playing at a top level is impressive enough Mm -hmm. um the six years now doesn't bother me because it was able to bump the money down giving room for Malkin to re-sign, and uh, in all honesty, if, if we need to move him, we need to move him. Times mm. will have changed in six years. Yeah, oh yeah. We will be in our 30s.
1: And who also knows, in that time, I know Latang says he wants to play till he's 41, but he also says he wants to finish his career as a Pittsburgh Penguin. So if the Penguins in five years' time say, hey, Crosby's retired, Malkin's retired, we're looking to trade you, buddy. <laughs> and he'll probably just say, okay, I'll retire then. Like That'll probably be fine with him if, no, if nobody else is there. I don't know the, the inner workings of Chris Letang's mind, but when I look at this contract, the first three years of it, I have no worries at all. Even, even with that no trade clause, I'm saying the first three years with the Chris Letang that I saw last season at $6.1 million is a fantastic piece of work. By general manager Ron Hextall. Now, six years is a long time. It does give me a little bit of hesitation. But if you look at the last three seasons, Crystal Tang's been healthy. Crystal Tang has played in, I believe it's over 90% of the Pittsburgh Penguins games. So health is no longer. A massive factor. I know it's always going to be a factor when you have a 35-plus-year-old in the National Hockey League, especially one that you put on as much pressure as Chris Letang playing against the top talent, playing 28 minutes a night, top penalty kill, top power play. But when I look at this contract and when I look at the player, I am perfectly okay Because the next couple of seasons are your best shot to win a Stanley Cup. And if you have Chris Letang at the level he played at last year, at this cap number at 6.1, you can severely add to what you saw on that Pittsburgh Penguins team last season. A team that was one goal away from advancing to the second round, and then who knows what they would have done against the Carolina Hurricanes because the team they lost to in the Rangers went all the way to Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. So adding... The same Latang at a much lower cap hit gives you the opportunity to make a better team, so I'm perfectly okay with it with this deal. Obviously, in the back end, we're going to have to reassess. As people that are watching this team, and I'm sure the Pittsburgh Penguins themselves are going to reassess this probably in three years' time when Sidney Crosby's contract is up. But it's a good deal for the Penguins in the, in the present time. The Penguins now have 15.3 million dollars in cap space, according to Cap Friendly. Meanwhile, they have signed nine forwards, seven defensemen, and two goalies on the active roster, meaning to ice a team at minimum, they need three more forwards on the lineup.
0: And I think we can do that. I think we could totally do that. The, the big question now is going to become the Malkin question, and oh man, I'm sure we'll get into it. But another thing with the, the LeTang, uh contract, it's really nice seeing that back half of the modified no trade. It's that Brian Rust deal again. Mm-hmm. It's good that we're locking up for the first few because that's where we want him to be locked up. That's where we know we're going to get the production out of him. That's where we know we're going to get the best quality player. It is the back part that is going to bring some question marks, and that's with Brian Russ too. If we want to ship him off, I mean, we gave we saw the Brian Russ three-year full no move and said, all right, they're lining him up with the Crosby deal too. Let's get everyone rolling at three years. We figured out in three years' time maybe it's Crosby's team to middle around. I don't know. You know, we're adding in that Latang's the fourth. It's good to see that there's gonna be movements made. I think come mm-hmm. everyone's, you know, clauses getting picked up and changes being made. Definitely Malkin won't be here by then. Yeah, uh, Crosby we're assuming will still be around, but he'll just be getting what he wants. It's gonna be interesting. I think it's good that we designed these contracts to have those front half mm-hmm. no moves because those are the, those are the years we want with them.
1: And I think that's something you're going to end up seeing if Evgeny Malkin's contract gets done. And and let's shift focus over to Malkin right now just because I'm sure we could talk about the Latang contract all day. There's so many different pieces of it, but it's good to see Latang back. It was nice to see him at the NHL draft in Montreal, which we'll discuss later in the show, of course, with the Pittsburgh Penguins making five selections on that day. But Evgeny Malkin has yet to be signed. He seems to be the next next piece of business for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've gotten some certain updates over the weekend. We've gotten certain stories over the weekend that you can go check out on multiple different outlets, of course. But as far as we know right now, the current reported offer by a bunch of different people is three years, $6 million. That's what's on the table right now for Evgeny Malkin. And according to those sources as well, Evgeny Malkin is okay with the $6 million it's the it's the term that he wants a little bit more because he, as well as Latang, wants to retire a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's everybody saying, and this is according to Chris Johnston in his latest report, that Malkin just wants the fourth year, that he's okay with the $6 million, but he wants that fourth year to be able to finish his career in Pittsburgh. And according to Chris Johnston, the Pittsburgh Penguins are also worried about the recovery of that knee surgery from last season. So Horwalt, when you hear all of that, what is your opinion on the difference between three years for, to four years for Evgeny Malkin? Do you think that this is, at this point, just one year is nothing and just get the deal done then? I I don't know if the
0: I, – I, I have pause when they say the worry is the knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Man put up 42 points in 41 games. I don't think the worry – that's not my worry. Mm-hmm. I think the, my worry is – his health going forward it's not the health right now I think he's fine now we saw him play 41 games in the regular season and uh be a great player albeit at minus 10 but we don't talk about that we're used to him being a minus these days um it's not the knee surgery that that bothers me it is his possible health going forward um it's gonna be interesting I do think I got distracted. What was the exact question? <laughs> Am I worried? I'm not super worried. The extra the extra year, I think um it is a wonder about these guys getting old. Mm-hmm. I do have pause. I don't know. We've come to the finalization that Latang's the priority. That he's going to be the harder one to replace. You get that deal done first because um he's the albeit you know in weird health the better player in the situation. Mm-hmm. You can replace the Malkin pretty easily you can't replace the tank position um at the same level these are hard discussions to have because Mm -hmm. i am starting to get to the point that with every passing day that if we don't get malkin back it's not the end of the world Mm -hmm. because of that josh yoey tweet where he put out the poll uh what's more important you know those three retiring penguins or winning another cup listen i i get that we can have both
1: Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive.
0: But it doesn't seem possible sometimes. It really doesn't. Someone at the office ran by me that this team keeps running back the same thing and nothing's changing. You know, first round exit, first round exit. We keep running it back with the same groups. That is the pure definition of insanity. Yeah. You're doing the same thing and nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it is those three's fault, but at some point, Something somewhere big has to change. Mm. I'm not coming to the conclusion that Malkin needs to go. I do want to see him re because, I mean, as much as I want to see us win another cup, I do lean on seeing those three just play it out together. I don't know. Mm. Uh, It's the Disney movie in my head, but then the realist in me, the fan of this team, no matter who was on it, wants to see us win again. Yeah. That's why the only answer I can come to is both. Mm-hmm. It's the only answer I'd come to is I want to see both of them happen, which is possible. But that pure definition of insanity is not going to leave my head since someone said it.
1: And and here's the thing that I would argue in that sentiment is yes, for the past couple of seasons, it has been that, but I think if you get these guys under contract at those low numbers, if instead of 9.5 million, you have Evgeny Malkin playing at 6 million, if instead of 7.25 million, you have Latang playing at 6.1, that gives you an opportunity to do something different, to go out and sign a higher level of player to play alongside them. I think that's a little bit of a changeup. I know you said a, a big change is probably in the, in the cards if you keep doing this and it's not working. But even something as as minimal as dropping that $4 million total or $5 million total, a $5 million player added to this roster is a big boost. Whether that be bringing back Ricardo Raquel, whether that be going out and finding somebody else for $5 million and bringing them in, that is a, a big boost and that's just by them taking that pay cut. So I I think it's a little bit different not necessarily doing the same thing, running the same thing back, because those contracts change, which changes the entire outlook and the entire landscape of the team if they both get under that cap hit.
0: And not only that, in the defense of the Penguins, they didn't have goaltending these last two years. They didn't. Things could have been different, Mm -hmm. especially this year. Last season they had their starter in at Tristan Jari, um, and we just don't know what happened. And we, mm-hmm. and we continue to talk about, on the ice, <clears throat> as the skaters, the Penguins were still the better team. Mm-hmm. It really was Tristan Jari not being able to stop beach ball that year. Yeah. This year, it was the Rangers. We didn't have Jari. We didn't even have DeSmith. Mm-hmm. We had Louis DeMain, who, in fairness, played decent at times, but mm-hmm. just wasn't good enough to hold down the four. wasn't. And we had Tristan Jari in for four periods three and a half Mm -hmm. not that's just not good enough to win a series when your starter is out that long and who knows maybe Jar would have had the better the better playoff run maybe we could have Mm -hmm. gotten out of that first round we were a goal away like you mentioned a goal away from getting out of the first round with louis Domingue and net Mm -hmm. so to the yeah it kind of is the pure definition of insanity but with different uh things involved different factors Mm Mm-hmm. Because both years we should have made it out of the first round.
1: Yeah, I agree that they they really should have because they were the better team. I mean, you look at the the analytics of it. You look at the possession statistics. You look at the the expected goals in both series. And the Pittsburgh Penguins far outplayed both New York teams in in those series. But if you look at this upcoming season and you look at the upcoming stretch of seasons with Sidney Crosby's remaining career, The difference between three years and four years for Evgeny Malkin does not worry me. And I know that knee injury is something that you have to keep an eye on. But he rehabbed it last year and still didn't have his full training before he got into the season he's going to be spending the majority of this offseason, as far as we know, healthy and able to rehab and train as much as a regular regimen as possible. The only thing that you mentioned that, you know, there's no health issues there. The only thing that I would say is that elbow injury that we were told he got surgically cleared up before the previous season is still something that is probably going to bother him. But if he gets his skating stride back, There's no way he's going to be that much worse than he was last season. He was over a point a game without his full strength in his lower body. If he can get even to the level that he was at last year and a little bit higher, then I'm not worried about Evgeny Malkin. Even if he plays, we talked about it on Thursday's episode, even if he only plays in 50 games and goes over a point a game, as long as he's available in the postseason and healthy in the postseason, then I'm not worried at all. Two years ago, we already mentioned this series against the Islanders a couple times, he was playing on a, a broken knee. His his knee was torn to shreds, and he still put up, what, four points in six games or something like that? Five points in six games? He is a freak of nature. He is great. And if you're not worried about signing for three years, what is that extra fourth year to make sure you have extra space under the cap? Because we heard it at the end of the season when everybody asked Ron Hextall, what's one thing you'd like to get this offseason? He said a little bit more cap space would be nice. It's staring you in the face for one extra year of a legacy player. And I understand you don't want to pay players because of what they've done, but because of what they will do. But in a situation like this, give them an extra year, get the deal done and move over to other business building around these two and these three players, I should say, of the Pittsburgh Penguins core.
0: Yeah. And I'll tack on. We've already signed two deals where the no trade clause thing. It's Mm -hmm. doing in the front half. Let's say Malkin falls apart. If um if he if those clauses are involved again, there you go. You have an out if you really need it. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting though. Unless he threatens retirement, I'll <laughs> let Jason Spezza.
1: And and here's the thing, you also have to keep in mind. If the injury does become an issue and he's gonna be done for his career, he can't play anymore, and you're worried about that cap hit, put him on LTIR and trade him to somebody where he's not going to play. He's just going to sit on LTIR. Look at Ryan Kessler. We saw it with the entire Anaheim and Vegas thing. It's not like he's going to be playing for another team in that instance. Now, I don't know if people would be upset like, oh, you know, he was a Florida Panther for a little while, but he didn't play a single game there. He's a penguin for his entire career at that point. So there are other ways to figure it out. If you're that worried about the fourth year and something does happen to his knee or even to his elbow, God forbid, knock on wood, nothing happens to him injury wise. We don't want to see that. But there are things that you can do if that indeed happens. And also, at six million dollars, that's not as bad of a hit to take than if you sign him for three years. We don't know what the figure would be if he has to end up signing for three years. But you would imagine it has to be upwards of six and a half towards seven million dollars. If he takes only a six million dollar deal, it's a lot easier to maneuver around than if you get him for three years, seven million, and the same thing happens.
0: Yeah. I think if the money's the the deal there. You can figure that out. What's really interesting, though, is you have to remember that uh, Fenway Sports Group came in here. They don't want to put a loser on the ice. They've they already stuck around with uh, Chris Letang. You know, Maybe they're the ones holding the ball here on Malkin. They're just sending Hextall out to be the, the guinea pig of just say we're trying to sign him. Just say we're trying to keep face. New ownership wanted to take a look at everyone from top to bottom. Hextall's already survived to the first round. We knew Crosby and Sullivan were gonna survive, but Tang is still here. So I'd say, if anyone wanted to move on from Evgeny Malkin, it's gonna be the, the it's gonna be Fenway. That'd be my assumption. As much as Hextall and Burke want to s- keep saying that they want to keep him around, it could be the ownership pulling the strings here because they're the ones that want to put a winner out there.
1: Yeah, but I also argue that. The best way to become a winner and the easiest way from point A to point B, which is where we're at now to the end of the season and the Penguins having a good year is Evgeny Malkin is your second line center. Absolutely. You're not going to, it's getting to the point where you look at the open market. Kadri's probably not going to be coming to Pittsburgh. I can tell you that right now. Johnny Goudreau is probably not coming to Pittsburgh. I can tell you right now, these other options, Vinny Trocheck, JT Miller, who I believe is not even a center. They're not going to be as good as Evgeny Malkin this year. Not at all. Maybe in four years' time, they will be better options because of the deterioration of the human body. But this year, Evgeny Malkin is your best bet. And if you're Fenway Sports Group and you want to win now, that's your best bet. So I don't think they would be pulling the strings on that at all, to be completely honest. I I think they would be smart enough to see, hey, even in 40 games this last year, this guy had over a point a game on a knee that he wasn't able to actually get ready for the season. So... I think they're smarter than that, but we'll have to end up seeing how this goes. Free agency opens up in two days on Wednesday, July 13th, so we'll be keeping up with all of this news as we get ready for the opening of free agency. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, today is actually the deadline, an important deadline for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk about that right after the break. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by Inside the Penguins. Com. Of course, I tease the fact that today is a very important deadline day for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is the deadline to reach out and give qualifying offers to restricted free agents. If not, they will end up hitting the market on Wednesday. Now, the Pittsburgh Penguins on their NHL roster have two RFAs remaining, one being Danton Heinen, the other being Kasperi Kapanen Horwat. Of these two, do you see the qualifying offer being sent sent out to either of them, both of them, or just one of them?
0: I bet we send them out, send one out to both of them, just mm-hmm. because due diligence. We're a good we're a good organization here. We sent one to Matt Murray before he uh, s- sent off to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we send send out offers to both of them, but only one of them really accepts it, or however that may work. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I don't see Kasperi Kapanen making any more than what Heinen, ironically, was making last year. 1.1. That's the max I'd go with him. Just because we know he has the potential to still do something. We know he does. Um, But he needs to prove it. He needs that one year, $1 million deal, to just prove that he can still cut it here and can still do something. I'm not saying he's not an NHL player. I'm saying, okay, maybe the expectations were a little high for Kasperi Kapanen last year. Uh, But he didn't come anywhere near them. I think he didn't meet the expectations of if, of if everyone was healthy. It's brutal. He had a brutal season, like just droughted with scoring and droughted with uh, consistency issues. Mm-hmm. I think if he gets offered anything, it shouldn't be any more than a million bucks for a year to just prove it. Whereas Heinen has earned himself a nice little coin, nothing major, but maybe two years, maybe three years at about two five. What do you say about two, five, maybe two, seven, five. I wouldn't go three just because cap issues. Uh, Mm -mm. And he was only making 1.1 before. And I forget what his previous deal was, but it wasn't north of three. It was like two, Mm. eight, maybe. Yeah. Um, So I'd say he's coasting around there. You want to max a two, eight. Sure. Fine by me. Just don't let it start with the number
1: three. I think when you look at these two players, you're looking at two third liners for the Pittsburgh Penguins that in a pinch can play in the top six, but if, if you're at your best and you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, you don't have these guys commonly playing in your top six next season. Heinen was great at five on five. That's where the majority of his goals came in. I believe he finished with 15 on the season because Barry we've already talked about it ad nauseum throughout the past year, past <laughs> little while the past year about the season that he had last year. Now I I do believe that if he's a third line player and paid as such, then the Pittsburgh Penguins did a good job this off season. But I don't think you bring both back. I think that would be similar to The definition of insanity, trying to run the same thing back and getting the same result, I think that's what would end up happening. But I do think there's a spot for at least one of them on this team. I know that everybody's talking about bringing up youth, bringing up youth, bringing up youth. But you do need those NHL veteran players that have been here, that have done that, and that have shown that they can go out and score 15 to 20 goals a season. And both of these guys have done that. Do I think they bring back both? No. Do I think they extend a qualifying offer to both? Most likely, but I do think that only one of them comes back next year. And if I had to choose between the two, and I'll ask you the same question, I would say I'd probably rather have Danton Heinen back because he's a little bit more of a sure thing when it comes to his finishing ability and his shot. And if there's anything the Pittsburgh Penguins definitely need better of, that's finishing ability. So I would say Danton Heinen over Kasperi captain and I would honestly say that I don't see both of them coming back next season.
0: I don't either. The interesting thing is... Uh, I agree with you that Dan Heinen should be the one to come back. Uh, Hextall said, and I think it was his first press conference into the offseason, uh, that they expect more from Capitan next year. Oh, do you? You saying that means you expect him to be back this next year. So well, now it gets interesting.
1: Yeah, either that or you expect him to do more wherever he's at.
0: Yeah, but still. It's, it's hard just... to
1: expect him to do less than he did last season, let's be honest.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you understand where it's where that idea is coming mm-hmm. from is that they said, hey, we expect more from Kasperi Kapanen next year. All right, so you're bringing him back, or at least again, GM and uh, President of Hockey Ops getting out there and saving face and just looking like a good organization. Hey, we expect more from him next year if he accepts mm-hmm. our lowball offer.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know. that. That might also be the thing. So if you had to pick between the two, though, if you were Ron Hextall and Fenway Sports Group and Brian Burke came to you and said, listen, we like both Dayton Heinen and Kasperi Kaplan. We know Kaplan had a down year. We know Dayton Heinen had a, a pretty good season as far as compared to what he was doing in Anaheim. But you can only bring back one. Who are you bringing back?
0: It would still just be Dayton Heinen. Yeah? Yeah. I'd give him multiple years, too. You know, Two years, 2-5, two, boom, good deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Danton Heinen sign for that. I know that it eats away at the opening that you just created with the Chris Letang deal, but bringing back a guy like Danton Heinen would be worth it because that solidifies your bottom six and gives you an option in case of injury, which we know the Pittsburgh Penguins, there's going to be an injury. I, I hate to say it. I hate to put it into the world, but I feel like that's that's at this point probably something that everybody is aware of, but I would, I would agree with you. Let's talk about the other RFAs because even though there's none at the NHL level, there is many RFAs down at Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pittsburgh Penguins. That's not how you say that. But <laughs> the forwards that are currently RFAs, Justin Almeida, Jordy Bellarive, Kasper Bjorkvist, who we already know signed a deal to go play in Finland, so we don't know what's up with that. Will he come back? We don't know. Jan Drozig and Alex Nylander. The biggest name on that one other than Bjorkvist because he played with the Penguins last season, is Alex Nylander. We talked about him potentially being the show-me player that Dayton Heinen was last year for the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe on a million-dollar deal, maybe even on a deal that is league minimum. You never know. But I, I think Alex Nylander is probably the most important name of that list to get re-signed.
0: It is because we think he can actually do something in the NHL. We've seen him do a couple things in the NHL before. He has his uh, experience and he should be, and don't get me wrong here, our prospects are getting better uh, but just because of the NHL experience, he should be up there among those first few call-ups in mm-hmm. terms of injury replacements or just needing some youth. It's I, I believe he is definitely an important player to resign for this team and really do something in the NHL itself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree completely I and mean, we talked about it. we I think that he had a really good showing in Wilkes-Barre last year, and I think we'll see if, if he signs, which we expect him to sign, I think we'll see a good bit of him this year. So that's one, That those are the forwards down there. Let's talk about the defensemen, because there is also five defensemen that are restricted free agents. Nicholas Almari, Cameron Lee, Will Riley, sorry, one of them's a, a goaltender. Alex Orio is the goaltender, and Pio Joseph is the big name, I think the biggest name down in Wilkes-Barre that is currently a restricted free agent Horwath. When he comes to P.O. Joseph, obviously the Penguins are going to look to resign him. He is their best and only, I guess only until this past Friday, their only really good defensive prospect, but he's definitely the only one that is close to making to the NHL. What do you think they do with P.O. Joseph? Do you think there's a type of contract that you're thinking of right now? And what do you think happens with them going forward?
0: I think... I don't know if he can really demand... And he, I guess he could if he really tried to. It'd be uh, similar to what I mentioned with uh, Heinen's former deal, or Ka- the one I want to give but mm-hmm. except maybe an extra year or two on it, just because this team and this management group and this coaching staff need to show that they want him around if they want him to mm-hmm. play. And that involves more than just actually playing him. They need to pay him like they want to play him. I mean... For so, I mean, hey, if you know, we if we were willing to give you so Ricola that kind of money and literally play him five games after that, mm-hmm. um, I think you could do the same thing with Joseph. Give him maybe give him that kind of money if he if he if you need him to stick around, if you needed to convince him, hey, we're gonna play you, we're gonna put you in the NHL, we're gonna put you in the lineup, prove it with some paper, <laughs> prove it with some money, and have him sign on the dotted line that says we are going to play you. Mm-hmm. Hey, something to keep around because he's also arbitration eligible i think mm. uh which could be interesting if they if because if the penguins really don't don't like him for whatever reason don't want him around they don't have to
1: mm-hmm. which
0: sucks he's our top defensive prospect yeah vastly ahead of our number two who was probably our most recent draft pick. so yeah we don't have much going on in the defensive prospect world so we need him around regardless of mm-hmm. what the team wants to do with him we need him around we need him in the league so i would say if a new deal comes along for him i don't know just because of his nhl pass if he really can demand any more than a little over league in
1: i don't think he will be able to yeah now and I don't think an arbitrator would give him that much more. Yeah. I think maybe he would probably get over maybe over a million dollars, but there's no way he would come anywhere close to $2 million on his deal just because he's only played in, a, a, yeah, I was about to say a dozen or so games at the NHL level. I guess he had like a 17-game stint his first time because of injury to other defensemen, but... When you look at P.O. Joseph, yes, it's still a lot of, hey, potential, potential, potential. He's shown a little bit at the NHL level, but he also showed that he needed a little bit more to work on down at the AHL level. We didn't see him all that much last season. We don't know what he's going to look like this next season or if he's even going to make the team coming out of camp next season. I would give him a pretty good opportunity. I would say especially if they trade a defenseman, he has a great opportunity to make the roster or at the very least make the NHL squad coming out and he's going to have to battle with Mark Friedman maybe on that left side. But when you look at P.O. Joseph, what can he realistically do? Because he's not going to be able to command a lot of money. But you know what's one thing that he might be able to fight for? Hey, I want a one-way contract because I want to play in the National Hockey League. And if you guys aren't going to use me, then you can either bring me up on a one-way, send me down, and risk losing me through waivers, which the Pittsburgh Penguins don't want. If anything, if they're going to trade them, they're going to want to get something back for him. I think that's something that he's probably going to argue. Now, do I think that P.O. Joseph's going to get a one-way contract? No, I don't. We saw Yusuf Rikla get one, and we were all baffled. I don't think you see it from from P.O. Joseph just because he is like the only Pittsburgh Penguins defensive prospect that is within the next three years of making it to the National Hockey League at that level. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Penguins do utilize him this season and I do think he does get under contract. I I think it's probably going to be under 1.25 and it might be a two-year deal, maybe a three-year deal if, if the organization likes him that much. But from what I've heard, Hextall and Burke aren't as keen on him as Jim Rutherford was when he brought him over. So, who knows what's going on with P.O. Joseph. Clearly, with the Latang stuff out of the way and the Malkin stuff coming to a head, we're going to start hearing more about these guys, about Heinen and Kapanen, who we talked about, and specifically about a trade that could potentially open up a slot for P.O. Joseph.
0: Well, RFA qualifying offers to do today. So we're going to well, find yes. stuff out today. Uh, and one thing that I find really interesting with the P.O. Joseph saga, really, is that so he's been progressing and developing at a slower pace than normal, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to take Bob Groves' word for it when he said if he isn't utilized this year and put in a good space this year, it could be a very short career mm-hmm. in the NHL for him because this is it for him, really. Mm-hmm. He's at the age of 22 now? 23. Mm-hmm. He just turned 23 a couple days ago. Um, things need to happen for him this year because we are in a weird league now that's Sure, we're talking about re-signing 35-year-olds for six years. Mm-hmm. But at the same aspect, we're watching these kids that are 18, or at least we used to, not so much anymore, 18, 19, 20, winning con Smites, winning uh, Norris trophies. Mm-hmm. These kid, these are kids beginning to run this league. Connor McDavid broke into this league at 18. Sidney Crossy broke into this league at 18. McDavid's won multiple MVPs. Not much more, but still, you get where I'm coming from. These kids are taking over this league. At the age of 23, all of a sudden, Bo Joseph's an old guy. Let's say he doesn't play this year. He hits 24. Still only 20 games of NHL experience. Maybe he gets a few more in, maybe 25. Man, no no team's going to look at that and go, that's our guy. Because you ruined his prospect rating.
1: And he still has an opportunity to be a top four. Absolutely. But he's never going to be the guy. Uh, if if he keeps being delayed like this. And here's the thing, especially defensemen usually take a little bit longer to develop. And at the age of 22, clearly you're not ready to give up on a guy like P.O. Joseph. But once he gets, or sorry, he's 23 now. But once he gets to 25, 26, at that point, it's like, shit or get off the pot, man. Like, are you going to be a top four defenseman in this league? Or are you going to be a fringe NHLer? He's not there yet. He's not there yet to me. I still think there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of potential, and I know you do too. But we need to start seeing it at the NHL level. And this is the first year that it really becomes, hey, rubber to the road. Let's go. Let's see what you got at the NHL level. And I think that's what the Pittsburgh Penguins are thinking as well. Before we go, let's talk a little bit about the NHL draft because it happened over the weekend, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins for the first time since 2019 had a first round pick and they use it on... Six foot four, 180 pound defenseman, Owen Pickering from the Swift Current Broncos of the WHL. He is 18 years old, like we mentioned. He is currently in Pittsburgh at the Prospect Development Camp. Horwat. obviously, a lot of the names that we said were gone before the Pittsburgh Penguins selection, but what did you think of the selection of Owen Pickering?
0: I thoroughly enjoyed it after kind of hearing more about it. Um, it could be a good ton of fun i just mentioned not too long ago that he is all of a sudden maybe our number two defensive prospect yeah um uh, maybe two or three four just because there are some guys down there that could do something someday and have at least a little bit of uh, experience within the organization uh but pickering seems to be a pretty good skater at six four he can fly Mm -hmm. Uh, at six four he can move the puck i forgot the numbers now but um the guy's got good passing ability already in the WHL. And it's mm-hmm. it's not like he was playing in the Q where his numbers are inflated. It's not like he was playing in the O where uh, they really just haven't played a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing in the WHL where he's done pretty decently. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, he's not on a team you hear all about in the W. It's not – I can't think of it. I think Cam Loops is over there. Am I making that one up?
1: Cam Loops is over you're there. Not, you're
0: not hearing about the Blazers. It's
1: the, the Tri-City Americans. Tri-City Americans.
0: It's the Swift Current Broncos. So he's not on the greatest team, so he doesn't have the kind of uh, teammates to dish out to and you know inflate those numbers a little more. Mm-hmm. But he's got pretty good numbers for yeah. I'm not gonna say they're a bad team by any stretch of the means, but he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a good player who can absolutely have a bright future in this organization too. Um, mm-hmm. Dude can move, dude can move the puck. It's, I've heard people say he's a Brian Dumoulin type with more offensive upside and that sounds good to me because Brian Dumoulin is not Brian Dumoulin anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. We both yeah we both definitely just looked at the Pittsburgh yes. Penguins tweet but uh n- nothing breaking as of now just talking more about development camp which Owen Pickering is a part yeah. of the one thing that I saw of course you're talking about is numbers nine goals 33 points and 62 games for an 18 year old that is that big And to be able to to move the puck and to move himself the way that he has in the videos that I've seen of him, it's pretty impressive. I'm excited for Owen Pickering. He's very well-spoken, very mature for an 18-year-old. And we talked about Denton Matejchuk last Thursday, a guy that we wanted to see. He was off the board by the time the Pittsburgh Penguins picked. But thanks to great reporting. From Michelle Crecchiolo of the Pittsburgh Penguins, we found out that Matejchuk and Pickering are actually cousins. So while we didn't get Denton Matejchuk, we got his cousin Owen Pickering and we're excited because... He is six foot four, and as Danny Shiree said on Twitter, he has some growing to do, and he still towers over me. And if you don't know who Danny Shiree is, he's a very tall human being. So we're we're looking at a potential big rig in the future for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Owen Pickering.
0: Yeah, and it could be quite impressive, especially if he can keep up that skating and skill. Another thing about Denton Matejuk, uh his brother's favorite player was Jack Johnson. Uh yes. We we just missed out. I think we 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 missed out on Denton, but I think we're okay with Pickering, his cousin just as just as good um Mm -hmm. it's his yeah his cousin and i there was an interview i saw him do with uh, colby armstrong and steve dangle i forget what it was i think it was like colby's family billets and that's where pickering lived i think that was the connection wow or the other way around like i don't remember there's a connection there too as well and (laughs) do you want to hear an even better connection they were both drafted 21st overall you know mm-hmm. who else was drafted 21st overall on the Penguins Ooh. lineup? Sam Poulin.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh man, Pittsburgh and the number 21 just get along like bread and butter. And I think uh, that it, honestly, there could be something fun there with Owen Pickering. I'm excited to see what he can do and develop into. The other mm-hmm. draft picks, they're fine. There's some mm-hmm. people seem to real are really high on uh, tat ta, What's his name? Zam Zam. Zam. Plant?
1: Zam. Zam. Zam zam like zamboni
0: yes zam plant that people are high on him too
1: he was the fifth round pick for the pittsburgh penguins 150th overall but let's run down through them all and then i want to talk a little bit more about zam plant because everybody was talking about him over the weekend people are going to continue to talk about him because he's 17 years old uh of course their second pick was in the fourth round 118th overall they select a goaltender from russia sergey murashov six foot tall 18 years old it's an interesting pick Horwat. Why do you think they went with a goalie here? Do you think it was just the best available option?
0: That Apparently that was the uh, ride they were going with the entire time was just best mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's just the way the cookie crumbled for a Russian goalie, sure thing. Uh-huh. Also, just Russian goalies are the way of the NHL right now. It's yeah. interesting. It's weird. They're all very good all of a sudden. Um, and I think they said they all knew well and good that he wasn't going to be over here anytime soon. So uh, we took a Russian player. We'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Cause if you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and their development right now at the goaltending position, obviously you have Tristan Jari, who's supposedly the goaltender of the future. We don't expect Jari to be out of here anytime soon. You have Casey DeSmith who just signed for the next couple of years, but you also have guys like Joel Blomqvist who was selected a couple seasons back. You have Philip Lindbergh, who they just signed last season. You have Gautier, who they just signed last season. So they are adding to an already fairly deep with options prospect pool in the goaltending position and potentially just filling a hole that Cali Clang is now left once he was part of the trade to Anaheim in favor of Ricard Raquel. So that was their fourth round pick. Of course, in the fifth round, we'll get back to him. Zam Plant, 150th overall, 17-year-old. He is 5'10", from Minnesota. We'll talk about him a little bit to close out the show, but the other two picks they made, Nolan Collins in the sixth round at 167th. He is 6'3", 194 pounds already, played in the OHL for the Sudbury Wolves. He is a right-shot defenseman, and all intents and purposes show that him and Luke Devlin, who is the final draft pick for the Pittsburgh Penguins, are some pretty big and pretty physical guys. A lot of size, lot of size. in this year's draft
0: lot of size. We're trying to get bigger, apparently. Ah, it's the Ron Hextall School of Thought. Welcome
1: back. The Brian Burke School of truculence. That's what it is. That's what
0: it is.
1: (laughs) But no, Devlin, sixth-round pick, left-handed shot. He played for St. Andrews College last season. He will be playing for West Kelowna of the BCHL, so we'll have to hit up our friends Dylan and Isha up there, get us a scouting report on Devlin, and also is committed to play for Cornell in 2023-24. So once again, the Pittsburgh Penguins getting an ivy league educated human being in their system are you trying to think of who else is ivy league
0: no that's just far away i get yeah. he's young but i mean without a contract it doesn't matter
1: okay yeah at the, at the very least you have him under your control and he's going to play hockey at you know in cornell there was another player that is doing the same thing i believe it's a uh, zam plan i think so I don't believe I have it in my notes here, but he is committed to go play. I don't remember where. Uh, I believe it is um, not the University of Minnesota. I don't know. I'm not going to try to guess because that's just a a bad practice. But let's talk about Plant just to finish off the show. He split time last year between high school hockey and the USHL's Chicago Steel. He won the Minnesota State Hockey Championship last year. Led his team, in fact, which is an impressive feat. To say the least, in the state of hockey, he models his game after Jake Gensel. And if you haven't seen it before, they showed when he said that. They immediately, and by they I mean the Pittsburgh Penguins, decided to FaceTime Jake Gensel. It's a great video over on the Pittsburgh Penguins Twitter page. And if you want to see some great features on Zamplant, check out both Jesse Marshall at the Athletic and Danny Shirey. We already mentioned them of DK Pittsburgh Sports. They're both doing deep dives on this young 17-year-old forward the future seems very bright for him it seems like a lot of people like him and he has the talent to be able to be a very good player in this league a little bit undersized at 510 but still a lot of excitement for the pittsburgh penguins adding another prospect that has a pretty high ceiling it seems
0: yeah could absolutely have a high ceiling it's a four excuse me forward prospect we didn't do a lot of forward Mm -hmm. picking i thought oh just perfectly fine we needed to build the defensive uh prospect pool and our goalie pool's you know, if anything was supposed to be good in our prospects, it's our goalies right now because you don't need many of them, and our couple are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Zamplant, the forward prospect, that really is the one to look forward to, I think, mm-hmm. uh, could have huge upside, apparently, according to a lot of the experts. We got em pretty got some pretty good value on it. So mm-hmm. we'll see how things pan out. Again, we have a couple years until we really start to see, but things could be fun.
1: Yeah, most of these players, actually all of these players, you will not see probably in the next three seasons. Yeah. Without drastic jumps, you will not see any of these players in the next three seasons. But nonetheless, the Pittsburgh Penguins end up selecting two forwards, two defensemen, and one goalie in the 2022 NHL Draft in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. But that's going to do it for this episode. Before we go, I do want to mention that on InsideThePenguins.com, we will have a new video series starting this Wednesday. It's called Penguins Lunch, hosted by me. It'll be live every one o'clock, every other Wednesday on the Inside the Penguins YouTube channel, and also exclusive on InsideThePenguins.com. First guest coming up this week: Hunter Hodies of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Me and Hunter, I'll deep dive into what's happening on the opening day of NHL free agency. We'll talk about the NHL draft. We'll talk about the Latang contract, the Malkin contract, and everything in between. That is Penguins Lunch this Wednesday at one o'clock Eastern time on Inside the Penguins YouTube channel. But that's it for this episode of Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We'll be back on Thursday with a new episode discussing hopefully some more signings and definitely some extended qualifying offers to restricted free agents. See you guys on Thursday. Have a great week, Penguins fans. You can follow the hosts on Twitter at nickhorwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. Listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts from or watch us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. This show is brought to you by S.I. Fan Nation and InsideThePenguins.com.